Hey Roamers, welcome back to the book club. It's Kyle here and I am here with my co-host as always, Christine. Hey, we're still around. Believe it or not, people were writing in saying, have you guys gotten a divorce? What's happening to the book club? I read the book eight months ago, 12 months ago, two years ago. I read this book. What happened to you guys? Yeah, does the podcast even exist anymore? And the answer is yes. We're hanging on by the skin of our teeth. And this month, this month, (laughs) this podcast update (laughs) is on a book that we've been reading for, some of us have been reading for (laughs) how long, Christine? Well, probably three months. No, we, I think we started in June. Nah. July, August, really? September, October, Ooh. November. Five months. Okay. I feel like I'm getting a failing grade in this podcast, but we're not doing this for a grade. We're doing this as as we can. As we can, kind of, but in most book clubs, there's a deadline. Mm-hmm. And if you don't read the book, you just got have to listen to other people talk about it. That's true, and it's not as fun that way. What? Which part? When you haven't read the book. Some people would say, hey, just move on to the next book. Maybe that'll be more fun. <sighs> I, I, I can't wait till we move on to the next book, but let's talk about this one. This is our 10th book. You wanted a survival story, yep. so we found this one, Lost in the Jungle, a harrowing true story of survival by Yossi Ginsberg. And we read it. It took some of us a long time. It took me a long time. You even fell asleep during the movie. I tried to. Twice. I tried a shortcut. I tried to watch the movie twice. Couldn't get through it. Couldn't even get through the movie. I wonder if this was part of the issue. We started this book on audio while we were traveling. This is definitely part of the issue. And it sounded like it was read by... <sighs> I don't want to offend anyone or any... No, offend away. Mm. I would say... Well, I will go ahead and offend. It sounds like it was read by someone with Asperger's. That's my psychological assessment. It's really annoying, the audio. (laughs) Yeah, it, it was tough to listen to it's the hardest book i've ever had to listen to unlistenable i had to put it down i've never had to put down an audiobook but yeah i will go ahead and say my rating for this audiobook is a one star i gotta agree with you and and since we started listening to it as an audiobook instead of reading it mm-hmm. once i started reading it this goddamn guy's voice was in my head oh really i couldn't shake it oh i shook it he ruined he ruined the book for me. Well, tough luck. Yeah. Well, let's dive into the book. Okay, so this was a book about three youths and a mystery man who go on a trek in the jungle of Bolivia. They're all foreigners. They're from the United States, from Austria, from Sweden. Was Marcus from Sweden? I'm not going to lie, Christine. Switzerland. I want to say Switzerland. Yes, but that's right. Switzerland and the United States. I finished this book in August. I know. So I just want to be clear. It's a little fuzzy. This 
this episode is going to be a refresher for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I- you just said Bolivia, I was like, okay. <laughs> But you remember it was a jungle. I remember a jungle based on the title. Well, and the title is a bit misleading. I guess like many of the other books that we've read so far, they didn't actually get lost until at least over halfway through the book. Oh, you mean it was a lot of preparation and... Preparation for getting lost. Yeah, which is funny because they could have just walked into the jungle and gotten lost. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been very possible for this crew. Oh, I do remember they went to prison. They went to a prison or something to get guns. Right. Sorry, I'm I'm jumping ahead. Go on and finish no, with no, your summary. No, that's, no, that's right. So the author is uh, a young man. I think he was in his 20s. And he was part of this kind of backpacker, mochilera lifestyle in South America, which back in the 80s does sound pretty cool. It sounds cool now, too. Yeah, it'd be fun anytime. But he was backpacking all across South America, and he had met uh, two people in Bolivia, became buds with them, and then was approached by kind of this mysterious man who claimed to know the jungle like the back of his hand and have access to a, a group of indigenous people in the that lived in the jungle which i looked them up Mm -hmm. and they've got a facebook page and an (laughs) instagram account how'd you look them up i well i just looked up the name of the tribe okay and they have never the terramonas they have never been contacted by outsiders so from the jump, this guy was telling quite a yarn. But again, this was in the early 80s. There was no internet. You couldn't just look up. You could up. just spin yarns. Yeah, you could spin yarns. You could, it's much, it must have been much easier to deceive, although misinformation on the internet is a big Okay, problem. okay, okay. All right. Don't get on your high horse here. Now, just a quick second. I got a question about your research. They did visit some indigenous people. In the jungle, according to the book. They So who was that? Oh, they stopped in some towns, yes, but those were not indigenous. Oh, right. Okay, this is coming back to me now. <laughs> Carl was the, we'll call Carl the bad guy. Well, yeah, spoiler alert, Carl turned out to be a bad guy. Hey, Christine, it's not a spoiler. People have had five months to read the book. We're all caught up. I hope everyone has read it. Yeah, so Carl, okay, I am remembering now that was the final goal to get to the indigenous tribe that right. Carl was BFFs with, allegedly. Right. Okay. Right. So they set off on this adventure. There, you know, there was a lot of preparation. It seemed to be going okay at first. Yeah, until the one guy's feet started to rot off his body. Yeah, and then this the Swiss man's feet started to deteriorate and became very painful for him to walk. His name was Marcus. What is that uh, condition called? It does Foot rot. It's like a fungus. Yeah. yeah. But I think because he got it first, the other two boys were very dismissive of the pain he was going through and thought, right. oh, you know, this, he just is not cut out for this. Why, why did he even come? We should just kind of go on without him. Yeah. 
And that was kind of the beginning of the end. And there were some interesting kind of friendship and group dynamics where he kind of became a bit of the outcast. And then Yossi and Kevin became closer friends. Right. It was a little bit of Survivor. Right. Before Survivor. They were just playing their own game show in the jungle. Right. I mean, it kind of reminded me a little bit in that way of running the Amazon Mm -hmm. where there was this crew and the, I don't know, when you're in kind of a pressure cooker situation, sometimes these alliances will form. And I don't know if it's part of human nature to always kind of try and find the weakest link. And you don't... You don't want to be the weakest link. And so even if you are the weakest link, you end up pointing fingers. And it's like whoever can point the fingers the fastest. I think this happens on sports teams a lot, too. Um, But in the jungle, I think you can point the finger a little faster if you're carrying the gun. Yeah. Who carried the gun? I think Carl. I think Carl. So there was a lot. These three young men, there was a lot of kind of naivete, I mm-hmm. think, you know, they were just excited to be out having an adventure and probably definitely underestimated the jungle and nature, right? I think so. And this was fresh off of the 1970s where people like Robin Davidson were writing these books about just walking through the desert. And they probably thought, let's do the same thing in the jungle. How hard can it be? Yeah, I don't know if they were. That's an interesting question. Did they know of Trax and Robin Davidson? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? We'll never know unless we. Well, okay. Another spoiler. No, we'll never know. Yossi survived. Yet he wrote the book. (laughs) When did you find that out, Christine? (laughs) That he survived? Yeah, at the end of the book. Okay, yeah. Okay, so not quite a spoiler. Yeah. Yossi survived. Kevin right. well, survived. But let, let's let's get to the the I guess what would you call it the inciting incident? Okay. Of when the conflict really appeared. Oh, I'm curious what you say it is. <laughs> you don't remember? Nah. Well, I thought Kevin's feet were rotting off. They went to a town. He mended up for for a few days or a mm-hmm. couple weeks, and then they got back out there. And his feet immediately started rotting off again. Yeah, they were starting to approach the rainy season and Mm. they needed to kind of hurry it up. It had taken longer than they expected. And so at one point, Carl says, we need to turn around. Uh, We're not going to make it in time. And then Kevin, who was from Oregon, Mm -hmm. land of rivers, had this idea to raft down the river. Right, and they had already been rafting, I thought, at that point, no? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Carl said, well, it'll be very dangerous. He, he, you know, he always seemed to know everything, and mm-hmm. it turns out he didn't. But they did make a raft out of balsa logs, like Kuntiki, mm-hmm. our, first, uh, our first book, with the help of the villagers, and they started rafting the river. The river was more difficult than they had anticipated more rocks more rapids for a balsa wood raft to I hate withstand. to defend a gaslighting machine like Carl but he did say the river was unrunnable and full of boulders 
He did warn them, and Kevin was like, I can run it. Right. Yossi and I can run it. Right. So then it, then it really gets to the point of, and this is, I think this is the beginning of getting lost. They separate. Mm, yeah. That's rule number one. What we is always stay number? together. Whose rules? These are Christine's rules for survivor. Survival. Yes. These are my survival rules. Okay. Number one, stay together. Number one, stay together. Well, number two? <laughs> what's number two? We'll get to the other oh, ones. Oh, okay. All right. We'll get to the... Yeah. And one of the one of the issues when they separated is that they had to separate their provisions. Mm-hmm. Your favorite word. Uh, one group. So it was Carl, the mystery man, and... Marcus, the rotting feet boy. (laughs) (laughs) Put it on a t-shirt. Rotting feet boy. Who decide they're going to walk back. To the village that they had just been To the village and and get out. Yeah, maybe rest up and get out that way. And they were all going to meet up back in La Paz. And Kevin, the organ guy familiar with rivers. Yeah, kind of. And he was a photographer. Mm Mm-hmm. And Yossi, the uh, Israeli, I don't know, man of action. I'll, I'll say author. Author. Decide that they're going to run the river and get out that way. Now, you said man of action. Where did he pick up that mantra? From Kevin? I don't know. I think from Kevin. Kevin called him a man of action and they kind of uh, rooted each other on that way. Mm, yeah. So that was that was really the beginning of getting lost because they had to send Marcus and Carl back with the machete and with the gun and with some oh wait no they kept the machete anyway yeah they had to split up everything right so at this point in the book were you were you rooting for them were oh. you rooting for one team or the other or did you want you knew someone was going to get lost Right, and I knew it was the author. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't know. I mean, he just wrote the book. True. They all could have gotten lost. I mean, they all did get lost. Right. Except for Kevin, really, I guess. Kevin also got pretty lost. Pretty lost. But, but not as lost short, as Yossi. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, were you rooting for them to get out of this situation? Or were, I know you hated them for shooting a sloth. Yeah. And you thought they were terrible people. Yeah. I was because they were like chopping down trees. I would not say I was rooting for them because they seemed to be. I'm a fan of leave no trace. Let's start there. Leave no trace principles. Let's put a little context into this, though. This is the 80s, baby. Capitalism. (laughs) Woo. Greed. Yeah. But they were. They were like wrecking balls going through this jungle and they were shooting anything that moved and they were cutting down trees to get to the fruit, which is like so counter to, I mean, you don't cut down a tree to get to the fruit because then you won't have fruit in subsequent seasons. Yeah, they won't be back. Exactly. That was their mentality of just like, you know, we're going to do anything to survive out here. And they're putting themselves in that position. They didn't even need to. They didn't need to be doing that in the first place. Right. And that was before they split up. So then they split up. 
Yeah, so I, I was... And you hated them. I was not point. a fan of any of them, really. I thought they were a bunch of idiots. Yeah, well, <laughs> to be young. Yeah, but, you know, at the same time, I don't want anyone to die. So, okay. in that sense, I was hoping that they would, you know, get out of the jungle, maybe learn the error of their ways. Mm-hmm. And it was quite a slog for Kevin and Yossi. They started going down the river... They got caught on a boulder. Kevin swam to the shore and Yossi held on and threw him his boots and and the machete and then got loose from the boulder. And then he was just flying down the river and that's how they separated. And they didn't see each other again until Yossi was, spoiler alert, rescued. Right. And this is where the book really starts to take off. Yeah, I thought that was one of the more exciting parts of the book. Yeah. Unfortunately, I got to this book, this part of the book in November. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Four months after I had started the damn thing. Right. Don't don't you think that's when the book really started to pick up? I think that's when it started to pick up, yeah, because that was like, there was actually fast movement. You know, that's what I'm always looking for in these books. Right, excitement. A little movement. Not even, I mean, like 10 miles an hour. Right. Let's get going. And there was excitement. I mean, he, Yossi, you know, completely alone without, he was very concerned about not having a means of defense against animals, I guess. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, he, according to the story, comes face to face in the middle of the night with a jaguar. Yeah. And he uses a kind of, he cobbles together a flamethrower basically out of a lighter and bug repellent. Some or sort of aerosol. Like yeah. Bug repellent. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I remember doing that as a kid with WD 40. Oh, that was fun. I've never done that before. Maybe he had experience. Yeah. Of that. course. I mean, you got to try it. And that's how he scared away the jaguar. I mean, to me, the scariest parts, of course, I, w- I would probably, if I were in his position, be scared of any sound in the middle of the night. I would hate the bugs. The bugs oh, sounded my terrible. Goodness. The bugs and the wet. The fire ants. The termites. You're going to have to refresh <laughs> my memory on the termites. Was Yossi made of wood? <laughs> oh. Um, but the, the scariest part to me was the big flood. Wait, you didn't refresh my memory on the termites, Christine. Oh, okay. So the termites, so throughout their time in the jungle, they get bit by fire ants. And actually I got bit by some fire ants recently for the first time. How'd it feel? It hurt like a bitch. Oh, wow. That's pretty painful. Where did you get bit? It was real painful. This was in Palm Springs and I... I was like, oh, that doesn't feel very good. And then it really started to hurt. And they. But where? Where did you get bit? I got bit on my feet. Oh. My feet and one kind of near my upper thigh. I was I was in a swimsuit by the pool, mm-hmm. got bit by these fire ants. And um and and they even created like these like little, little gross little like pustules. And uh, and they they itched so bad, and and they 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 took weeks to go away. 
Yeah, I remember you walking around the house with your pustules all <laughs> over the all over the place. So I imagine that and I mean the fire ants that he described were probably three or four times the size. Yeah. They are nasty little critters. But then later in his misadventure, he is lying down, he thinks that he's getting bit by fire ants. But in the morning and he keeps on like pulling them off and squeezing them between his fingers. And he said he created like a pile of them between his legs. He was pulling them off all over his body and, and crushing them. I Again, a lot of this book is kind of hard to imagine. I can't really imagine a pile of bugs. Oh, a pile. I mean, that's like 10 bugs. It doesn't have to be a huge pile. Well, it sounded but... like dozens. Like I was yeah. I was picturing a, a quite the mound, right? Okay. And in the morning, slide out, he wakes up and he realizes they're termites. And they had eaten through his bug netting. Because he is that the time he just peed himself? Yes. He didn't feel like getting up and termites are attracted to urine or are attracted y- to yeah. ammonium or something. Yes. Ammonia, ammonium. Something in urine. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. That's the time. So he he was so tired. He didn't want to get out of his sleeping setup to go to the bathroom and he wet himself. Yeah. Several times. Oof. Quite the position to be in. Yeah. It, the whole thing sounded pretty unpleasant. Yeah. But the scariest part was the flash flood. I don't remember that at all. So... You know, I think the rainy season began. He said it was the worst storm that the area had seen in 10 years. Again, who knows? But he was trying to get out of the rain. He went upriver or, you know, away from the river a bit. But apparently when it's raining that hard in the jungle, it the trees start coming down. Things just kind of start collapsing and shifting. It almost sounded like like an earthquake or something. Mm, but okay. so he's trying to take shelter from the storm and he falls asleep and he wakes up and he feels wet underneath him. And he thinks that's strange. And what had happened is that basically a river had formed underneath him and he was caught up in this flash flood. But what happened? Well, he, gosh, you really <laughs> got to refresh me on what happened. <laughs> well, he was able to, to get out of get out of the water but he stood it up like well he stood up he and he tried to get his his things and throw them out of the water and by the time he was like getting out himself it was already up to his chest like it had gotten mm. that deep and it makes me think of you know when you're camping in the desert even you're not supposed to camp in washes because if there is a flash flood even though it looks very dry at the time if there's a flash flood, you can get washed, washed away, away very suddenly. Hence the name wash. Right, right. Yeah. And and you're not just being washed away in like a little river. You're being jostled around against boulders, boulders and tree trunks. And ooh, ooh, remember when he slipped and he fell on a stick and it went right up his butt, his butt hole? Vaguely. That Vaguely. also sounded terribly. Yeah, that's one of those insult oh. to injury situations. That also happened to this poor guy. Because I'm sure. A stick up the butt. Stick up the butt just sounds like medieval punishment. Oh, terrible, terrible. 
anyway, what else is on your outline there? Is there anything like deeper that we can connect to in this book? Well, there was all those, you know, those challenges. I think it was interesting the way that he retold it. Again, I have a hard time believing all of the authenticity to this or the why because some of it just sounds kind of made up after the fact and he did write it years later but he retells the story of uh you know i guess one of his survival tactics was imagination and he would imagine all these i guess imagine being at home imagine being in las vegas um and every daydream somehow turned to food. Oh, okay. I say I don't think reasons. that's I don't think that's so far fetched just based on a lot of the other books that we've read. Mm-hmm. They are alone with their thoughts and you know think about stuff. So I have to imagine that in a situation where you're starving yeah. and have no food your clothes are in tatters, you're wet all the time, you do start to hallucinate a little bit. Right, but when you are hallucinating, is your memory really kicking in then? Like fever dreams? Yeah. You regret every every bad conversation you had in high school, every... Well, uh, I guess that's that's the thing. Like with a dream state, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily remember when you're sleeping. You don't remember all your dreams. Oh, I bet he left a lot out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we got the abridged dreams. I'm some of them were. I don't think added a ton to the book, but maybe provided a little context of what he was feeling. Mm-hmm. Towards the very end, when things were getting really dire, he also invents a person out there in the jungle with him a woman who he talks to who he says he has to protect Mm -hmm. who he um kind of gives pep talks to but in doing that is actually kind of giving a pep talk to himself yeah and that part in the movie was very strange too i don't really remember that part but i i do remember him getting a little kooky with his fantasies but i think that's just you're about to die i mean he was essentially on his deathbed right i guess it does by himself and it does make sense because survival yes it's physical but a big part of it is mental oh yeah bear grills always says you just have to you know get things going you gotta have a project to be doing to keep your mind focused on just surviving the day it's like the show alone which we got into at the beginning of the pandemic Mm -hmm. where some of the contestants on that show will just focus on the the basics or you know of shelter food that's it yeah and others will Exactly. Have these hobbies and activities of, oh, I'm going to carve these little earrings out of pine cones and they're going to be so pretty. And those are the ones that do the best. Oh, yeah. Mind over matter, I suppose. It sounds like maybe this is Christine's number two rule of survival. Carve hobbies, earrings. (laughs) Live a well-rounded life. Yeah. I mean... Take care of your mental health. 
Okay. Yeah. That, I guess that is um, an important takeaway. And I'm not and, sure that'd be number two, but maybe. Maybe. I Okay. Food, number shelter, one, water. Stick together. Number one, stick together. Number one, stick together. Number two, number don't two. pee yourself. Don't pee yourself. That's number two. Well, I think number two, <laughs> maybe don't poop yourself. Number three, don't pee yourself. Number three, your mental state is as important as your physical state. I'm going to go ahead and bump that up above. Don't pee yourself. <laughs> if you pee yourself, maybe you could be eating termites for dinner. Oh, gross, gross, gross. Anyway, I think that. That is what kind of kept him kept him going. Yeah, his, his well, imagination and his determination, and you know, of course, there were moments when he would get down on himself, but then he would say, "No, like you're gonna get out of here. You're gonna do it. You're a man of action." And speaking of which, uh, in regards to determination, I don't think Yossi would have been able to write this book without the determination of Kevin. Right. To get the search party going right. for him. Now, I do appreciate how he wrote this, the sequencing of this. I think this was very smart. He wrote his experience up until, yes, getting saved by Kevin. Mm-hmm. And then he went back and wrote about Kevin's experience because at that point where they separated in the jungle, they had very different experiences. Kevin was able to get out in what? Less than a week? Yeah, I th- it was pretty fast. And Yossi was there for over three weeks. That's a long time. That's a long time to be by yourself. It's a long time with very little food. But similar to on Alone, where sometimes they like catch a bunch of fish and then they just start hoarding it, saving it, not eating it. Remember that one guy who did that and then he had to get taken out because he lost too much weight? Anyway, yeah. he actually, Yossi actually had... Rice and beans, um, maybe they were a little, I don't know, spoiled because of all the water and the wet, but he actually had some food that he just hadn't eaten because he was he was saving it and rationing it so severely. Well, I think part of it was he was saving it for Kevin. Right. But there's also... He loved Kevin. Man of action. Uh <laughs> You know, I think you could hear these survivor stories and you would get a different approach to each one. And one person based off of, what was that other book, 128 Hours? Yeah. Where the guy get got caught in the rock, he rationed his water big time. He drank his own pee. Mm. Rule number four. I don't know if I would ever do that. I don't know. But anyway. Well, anyway, he rationed water like to a scientific degree. Right. And that helped him survive. Right. So, you know, in in certain situations, I guess he got a ration. Other situations, you just better pig out. (laughs) Is Is that your rule of survival? Yeah, case by case basis. Case by case because basis. Because you're, you know, you're saying Yossi was an idiot. Drink your own for, pee or a pig out. An idiot for rationing. Not maybe you didn't say he's an idiot, but it was a mistake. He mm-hmm. should have. Mm-hmm. He could have. He should have eaten. Whereas 128 hours. Is that even the name of it? I no, think so. I think it's 127. Well, that was the movie with James Franco. And he did ration and that kept him alive. 
Right. So case by case basis. Case by case basis. Oh, another survival skill. This also came up in Desert Solitaire with Edward Abbey. Quicksand. Lie flat. That's the that's how you get out of quicksand. Mm. And he did get into quicksand several times. Oh, what a nightmare. What a nightmare this guy went through. Yeah. And okay, so he was so he was saved by Kevin. Kevin found well, first he he found someone to help fly over the jungle to look for him. It, the, it's so dense, couldn't see anything. Yeah, they're basically humoring him to fly over the jungle. I mean, they know. A fool's errand, that was. But then he found someone else to take him up the river. And because there was this terrible thunder shower recently, the river was actually deep enough, wide enough that they could go up farther than they normally would be able to. And in doing that, they discovered Yossi on the banks of the river. Yeah. That's pretty miraculous. It actually. is miraculous. It's absolutely miraculous, especially when you think about how, you know, he, he at some points, Yossi got a little far from the river, mm-hmm. but that was, you know, this is also a survival uh, strategy. Tip? We got another tip. What are we, we got up to? Follow rivers. Go to the where the water goes. Of course. And downhill. Downhill. Because every stream leads to a bigger stream. And Eventually, you're at the ocean and the beach, and it's a beautiful day. <laughs> you're basically on vacation. Every, but every every stream leads to a bigger stream, leads to a river, and eventually you will reach a civilization that's built on that river. <laughs> right. Civilizations were like they had to harness the rivers. Yeah. It's gonna be well, he did reach an old hunting town or something. A camp, hunting camp. Yeah, that's when it seemed like officially, officially lost in the jungle. Because he reached the camp, he had some eggs, and then he left, and then he was back at the camp like eight hours later. Yes. Walked in a circle. Walked in a big circle. That was heartbreaking. And it's heartbreaking in the movie too, because he sees a fresh footprint in the mud and he thinks there's only one person that could have left this footprint it's kevin kevin is here my friend is nearby we're i'm you know we're i'm gonna get through this and then he he looks closer and he puts his own foot above the footprint and he realizes that it's his own footprint and he's just walked in a circle all day yeah what a bummer which you know when that happened it it did make me think, how do you get that lost? Like, what was he doing that he decided to start making turns? I think he was following a light path. And maybe that path intentionally went in a circle, or maybe it just wasn't tread down enough. But, yeah, I mean, haven't you gone in a circle before? Me? Never. <laughs> Only on purpose. Mm-hmm. But I think that's when he realized Christine's survival strategy number five. Get to the river. Follow the river. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that would have been my strategy from the jump. I guess it was, but there were cliffs and there yeah. were other issues. Yeah. I mean, inevitably, you're going to hit some. It's not always easy. Waterfalls, some hurdles. Yeah. Yeah. But he was saved. He found out that Kevin had basically floated down the river on a log for a ways and was discovered by some hunters in a canoe. 
And so that was also miraculous, even that Kevin was discovered. Yeah. And saved. See, I think, all right, this is Kyle's rule of survival number one. Get out as fast as possible. Oh, yeah. Here's the reasoning. I remember there was some dumb survival show where it was, I don't know if it was called How I Survived or Mm. something, something survived. How I Survived is a show. Okay. Yeah. This might not have been it. Anyway, what happened is this dude recreated a plane wreck in the mountains and he's like, all right, scenario number one, here's my plan. He starts ripping stuff out of the plane. He takes the cushions from the seat and makes snowshoes out of them. He's trying to walk in the snow with these big cushiony like slippers, basically, (laughs) and that's not working. And then he's like, maybe I'll make a fire with some gasoline from the plane, and he's doing this and this and this. And he does like four different options. None of them are really working. Finally, he's just like, what if I just run down the mountain? (laughs) It should have started with that one. (laughs) And he gets to civilization like an hour and a half. Same thing. I think you just you just want to beeline it as Kyle, fast as I possible. Think, I think you would always survive because you can just run and you would just run anywhere. Yeah, I'd just start jogging. But what if your feet were torn up? And this happened to Yossi and to Kevin. Their feet just got oh destroyed by this fungus because they were all constantly wet. Yeah. And he, he it was so painful to walk. It just sounded gnarly oh yeah i agree i mean it took me back to uh my favorite movie forrest gump when lieutenant dan's like always change your socks yeah oh okay this is survival tip number eight keep your feet wet keep your feet dry i mean sorry keep your feet dry (laughs) keep your keep your whole body dry because otherwise you could sweat you get hyperthermia yeah yeah i mean it's real it's a real issue even if you're in cold climates oh Get some of those layers off during the day. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Stay dry. Stay dry. What tip are we on here? I think we're on nine. Oh, okay. We're going to have to go back and listen to all of our tips. Yeah. Don't pee on yourself. Drink your pee. Lie flat in quicksand. Lie flat in quicksand. That's like a sub tip. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it doesn't apply to all environments. It doesn't apply to all situations. Right. But maybe that does apply for glaciers, too, because you don't want to fall in a glacier. So lie flat, lie flat. On, on glaciers. I guess the, the, the thinking is more just like sometimes the solution is counterintuitive. Like if you're in quicksand, you wouldn't think, oh, lying flat is going to, you know, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to lie down right on quicksand. But it's the surface area helps you. Yeah, I it's mean, it's kind of I'm, counterintuitive. Sometimes the solution is counterintuitive. That's that's the tip. I think I'm with the listeners here when I'm a little <laughs> confused about. Let's say you're already up to your waist in quicksand. Mm-hmm. How do you lie flat? You kind of do a you back lie back or you lie forward. Yeah, I would lie back. I guess <laughs> you don't want to be face down in quicksand. Well, I think that's how Yossi got out. Yeah, he, he yeah lied forward and kind of swam. In yeah. S- Slow motion. I feel like this tip was on every cartoon growing up. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, they got out. They did get out of the jungle. Whoa. Kevin and Yossi. Kevin did. and Yossi. And then they 
we're like, okay, we're going to meet up with Carl and Marcus in La Paz. Mm-hmm. And Carl oh, and what Marcus happened? Never showed. Never showed up. Never showed up. And they didn't just stand them up. They just flat out disappeared. Yeah, these creepy two. Carl and rotting foot Marcus did not make it out. And maybe. As it turned out, Carl was known to the authorities because he had he had absconded from Austria to South America and had kind of taken advantage of unsuspecting foreigners in Bolivia before by taking them out into the jungle and almost I don't I don't I don't know what his angle was. Well, I mean, at one point when they were all together, he said, we're going to pan for gold. We're going to find gold. We're going to build a whole city out here. Right. We're going to be mining this jungle for gold. This is the next big thing. This guy was delusional. Or optimistic. But I think what Yossi liked about him, what attracted Yossi to Carl was and I think this was genuine, was Carl's love of the jungle and enthusiasm about the jungle, about this wild place where it's untouched by humans, which tend to ruin everything. Oh, I think Carl maybe called him a man of action. Yeah. Based on what you just said. Yeah. But yeah, he was... And Carl did have some skills, it sounded like. Right. He, he was able he to make oars and he was cutting... Cutting things left and right with a machete and right. carving things up. He shot a monkey. Oh, he shot a monkey. Shot a monkey. And they ate it. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought that was a sloth. They but... also shot at a sloth, a baby sloth. Oh, a little baby sloth. Tender meat. Hmm. Yeah, I do remember them saying the monkey was pretty disgusting. Marcus didn't want to eat the monkey, and I don't blame him. Well, anyway, Marcus didn't make it out. Carl... Didn't make that, it out know, theoretically, yeah, theoretically, but maybe he just disappeared. And they, they searched for them. They went to Peru they, eventually and searched oh for gosh, them there. Yeah, they he got a hot tip. They never found any sign of them in the jungle, which is pretty incredible that the jungle can just kind of swallow you up like that. Mm-hmm. The jungle is the ocean of land. Yeah, <laughs> the ocean of land. Even though... um. Yossi had this hair again harrowing experience in the jungle. He still loved it, and he, I maybe because of this survival story, he he's always been tied to the jungle since, and he goes back. He started an ecotourism uh, experience in the Medidi National Park in in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, in, in um, Bolivia. Bolivia. And it sounds like he he thinks the jungle is, you know, a be- still a beautiful place. Yeah. And to me, I, I I could imagine it having gone the other way where you are just traumatized by that environment. And you never want to step foot in it again. Well, perhaps he learned the errors of his ways and also appreciated life a little more once he got out yeah and this wasn't in the book but apparently uh because of this book which was a bestseller a lot of people in israel he's kind of become a uh you know a hometown hero in Mm -hmm. israel and has inspired a lot of israelis to vacation in bolivia 
Okay, one other thing. I don't know where you want to f- put this into the episode. Right here. <laughs> I want to put it in at this point. Okay, one other thing I could actually relate to in this book was um, he he said that once he got out of the jungle, he had a, a lump on his forehead and they cut into it and removed a worm. Oh, yeah. They had to like blow smoke into it to get the worm to, to come, come out. To the, yeah, to come to the surface and then like press it out. And then a, and this was just, you know, buddies that did this. I'm sorry. You could relate to this. How? Well, because after I came back from Paraguay, I had spent eight weeks in Paraguay. And while I was there, um, there was something they just called it pica which just means bite Mm -hmm. in Spanish. And you would get it in your feet. Uh, I'd only got it once while I was there. And my my host mother um, kind of pricked it out with a pen. Sounds like host might be a bad term. (laughs) I was the host. Because it sounds like maybe you had a parasite inside of you, Christine. Right. Well, and then, and so you you always had to be um, just aware of what's going on on your body, if anything started Mm -hmm. to look funky. And I came back. Of course, it's a long trip back. And actually, on the way back, something happened. I don't even really remember what, but we got delayed in Bolivia and were there for a day or two and then made it back. Um, I was a senior in high school mm-hmm. and had to go immediately, dun, 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 nerd alert, to journalism camp. did you leave space camp to go to journalism camp no i left i left paraguay and bolivia for um well it was the end of that that uh volunteer and exchange program and i called amigos de las americas very good program Mm -hmm. and i went yeah i had to go straight into journalism camp in eastern washington and while i was there my feet my foot really started to hurt uh-huh. And it was on the bot kind of like bottom inside of my toe and it was like it was kind of throbbing and and I took looked at it and I was like oh shit this is the pica. And so I had to go to the emergency room. She has the pica. I had to go to the emergency room. It had gotten bigger than any of the other ones that I'd ever gotten because I had been traveling. I had kept had socks on. I wasn't paying attention. It wasn't in my mind. You were just feeding the pika. I was just feeding the pika. And went to the emergency room. They had to cut open my toe, my foot, and get it out. And they were like, we don't know what this is. We've never seen it before. You just came from where? And, and you were like, blow smoke into my foot. <laughs> and they were like, we have to send this to the CDC. Oh, my goodness. So they had to send it off and um, they bandaged me up and it was fine after that. But it was like it, it and it was like his description. It was a, a, a white worm with a black head. And so mm-hmm. what you see under the skin, if it's at the top, is you see the black head. Oh, this makes me want to vom. <laughs> You know, Christine, there's some things I don't need to know about you, like your days of carrying parasites. And that's why I'm international borders. That's why I'm a super host. Oh, wow. Okay. Bada bing. Super host on Airbnb. I got you. 
Okay, would you do this adventure, Christine? Sounds like you already no, kind of have. Uh, I absolutely would not be lost in the jungle by myself. Okay. I would go on a guided tour through the jungle. And actually, you know, I was looking at some photos of this park, Medidi, which, you know, there are uh, guided tours through it. And it would be very... It's a it's an interesting environment that I haven't really spent a lot of time in. And I was thinking to myself, that would be really interesting to feel that lushness to mm. to like really spend some time in that world, which is so different. And um, yeah, I would be interested in that. Yeah, I could spend an afternoon in the jungle. I don't like the wet feet part. Oh, no. no. As you know, I have pretty delicate feet. Very delicate feet. They do fine with wetness generally, but they're like uh, baby feet. The skin is so soft. Yeah. So supple. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's. Uh, I I I can't believe. All right, let's let's not make this a foot podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I don't think I would really like to take an extended trip into the jungle and also i don't know south america all the the parasites and the the, the bugs the bugs bother me i'm not a bug yeah. guy the bugs and snakes i don't like wearing mosquito netting over my face i like to be free mm. i don't like all, it's almost like not worth it to me Okay, so a very quick jungle trip for you. Yeah, maybe to a local botanical garden. <laughs> Atrium. The Huntington Gardens, the the jungle. Yeah, the jungle area room. is quite nice. It I mean, when we were there, we took my parents and I think my dad opted out because it was just like a little too humid. <laughs> it's in my bones. You're telling me your dad wouldn't want to go on a trek in the jungle in Brazil or Bolivia, I keep on saying Brazil. Uh, I don't want to speak for my dad, but if the jungle room at the Huntington Gardens is any indication, I think he would go, nah. <laughs> anyway, uh, should we get on with the rating here? Oh, gosh. Yes, I think so. Why don't you go first? Uh, okay, I'll give this book a... While the characters were maybe a, a slightly unlikable... Um, they didn't bother me that much. The audiobook was one star, such zero garbage. star. Can we give zero stars for the audiobook? I cannot believe they paid that person Maybe to they read didn't. the book. Maybe he volunteered. That's a possibility. Maybe he was good friends with Yossi, and Yossi was like, fine, read the book. The audiobook did put me out of it, but I bounced back. Yeah, you did. And you, you finished this, for the record, you finished this in... August. August. Yeah. August, September, October. I finished three months later. Right. And we started in July. My rating would be 3.75. Wow, pretty high. I mean, I didn't think the book was boring. I thought the hallucinations were a little weird and could mm -hmm. have been definitely shortened. Mm -hmm. But... I, I didn't have bad feelings about Yossi or Kevin or Marcus, for that matter. It did seem mm -hmm. like Carl was kind of like, he seemed like a character out of a movie mm -hmm. that just kind of popped up out of nowhere. Almost like I could see him being 
in the movie like Anaconda or one of those cheesy nineties movies. Yeah. Where yeah. it's he had like, like Indiana Jones vibes. Indiana Jones like a knockoff India a poor man's Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At any rate, yeah, I'm going three point seven five. Didn't okay. bother me the way you did. It bothered you, I guess. Yeah, I, I too will give the audiobook zero stars. <laughs> and also, when we were listening to the audiobook, and I think we, you know, they were talking about cutting down a tree for fruit and shooting a, a monkey or a sloth. You were like clutching your pearls, mm-hmm. and that influences me a little bit. I know you hate being influenced. Yeah, I don't like, and I try to put that out of my mind of like, am I really offended that they shot a monkey? I don't know what monkeys are like down there, but it sounds like rats. Okay, I am giving this book a two stars. Okay. It is the lowest rating that I've given any of our books. We're now on our 10th book. This is the 10th book. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think my trouble getting through it is indicative of the quality of this book. I think the the movie was also really bad. Yeah, the movie stunk. And I think, you know, when you start with a bad book, you're going to get a bad movie. I would contest that most of the books we've read that have been turned into movies stink. Yeah. You know why? Why? They're slow. But this is supposed to be a survival story that was like... I mean, the the most interesting part of this book was the life or death moments, Mm -hmm. right? Because you don't, I mean, those those are really extreme. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think some of like the friendship dynamics were a little interesting. The, the, The mental gymnastics that this person went through to give himself the, the stamina to survive was interesting. But I didn't like the characters. I thought there was something kind of weird with the author, too. Can't quite put my finger on it, but was not a likable character for me. Yeah. Likable person. It wasn't particularly written that well. I don't even remember how it was written. I mean, it was it was pretty matter of fact. Yeah. The descriptions sometimes were cliche. I, and maybe it was the cliche aspects of it that made me less trusting that it was real. Like, it didn't seem very... I mean, this is an original story, but it didn't seem original. Huh, there were pictures in there. What do you? What's a cliche? What do you mean? Can you think of anything? I mean, some of the writing just seemed cliche. I can't... Th- it, it was kind of throughout. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, having a... Like a good luck magical token. Um, go. Oh, this was before they left. You mean the religious text? Yeah. Before they left, he had a, like a psychedelic experience by drinking some sort of cactus. And, and that was, I don't know, I think set him off on this kind of trippy adventure. Mm. Um, I don't know. The, the hallucinations kind of seemed cliche oh yeah they seemed pretty cheesy yeah that's, you know that's the thing that i thought was a little annoying about or a little annoying about a lot of these movies is they stick too close to the book mm. mm-hmm. a good example of a 
screenwriter who makes movies that are entertaining based on real stories is Aaron Sorkin. He did The Social Network. He did that Chicago hmm. 7 movie. You know, it's it's The Social Network. It's the founding of Facebook. That's not... Right. That doesn't sound exciting. But he makes it exciting because he dramatizes it. He punches it up a little. Right. And it's like... This book could be a good movie if they added, they fictionalized it a little. Right. I, and they did fictionalize it a little bit. Like in, in the movie, he, he himself is the one who removes the worm from his forehead. Okay. That's a pretty minor detail. And they also made the worm look ginormous. <laughs> okay. And like clunking, falling into the pot and like the, oh, the the audio or the sound effects of that scene were really disgusting. Took you back? Ugh. And then also the vision of the woman mm-hmm. in the movie is an indigenous woman, but clearly played by a white woman, I believe, which was problematic even for 2017. Oh boy, no. here we go. You know, I, that was a bad choice in uh, casting, dr- punching it up or whatever. Okay. Well, anyway, the movie stunk. You hate the book. Two stars. I gave it 3.75. That's so, it. Lost in the jungle. Yeah. It's I, done. It's I over. got lost and lost in the jungle. But I survived. And this podcast is surviving. We're moving on to the next book. Please introduce the next book. The next book is one you've probably heard of. It's a modern classic, Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> There's a movie. <laughs> May really brought it into our lives with the uh, with the movie version. It is Wild by Cheryl Strayed. Okay, great. And when will we be releasing that episode? Well, How long do people have to read this book? Well, Kyle, should we get back on our monthly schedule? We can try. We got some holidays coming up, though. Here's here's what I think. I think we can do it if we have your support. My support? No, our listeners. Our listeners' support. Okay, and what does that mean? The support of the book club. Uh, that means That means, you know, if you want to keep listening, if you want to keep reading with us, join us. Okay, so our next book is Wild by Cheryl Strand. Strayed. Cheryl Strayed? Yeah. Strayed. 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 Anyway, our next book is Wild by Cheryl Strayed. No! Strain? Strayed. Strayed. Anyway, our next book is Wild by Cheryl Strayed, and it covers her trip slash hike. Mm-hmm. Along the Pacific Crest Trail. From Mexico to Canada. Which part of that goes through Big Bear, California, where our cabin is located. Yes. And we have picked up hikers. Yes, we On have. the trail. Yeah, I love PCT hikers. And uh, so we have a soft spot in our heart for the hikers of the trail. Yes. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.